You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to uh, Critical Mass for Business. My name is Pete Weitzner. I'm in for Rick Franzi. Rick will be back next week. This is the show, of course, where we believe in peer-to-peer learning, learning from your colleagues. And speaking of which, we have a terrific colleague to join us in our second half hour of this program here on OC Talk Radio. By the way, you can listen to us, or you are right now, you're listening to us live over the internet, octalkradio.net. You can listen to the podcast anytime, at your pleasure, on iTunes, also on Stitcher, or any place that aggregates podcasts. And you can watch us as well on Facebook or YouTube, OC Talk Radio. I was about to mention and introduce Heather Peterson. She's the founder and CEO of National Merchants Association. Her leadership has led a company to become a rec- her company to become a recognized leader in payment processing services for all risk levels. Together, National Merchants Association and its boss, Heather Peterson, work together as a merchant advocacy group. They work for their merchants and agent partners as their voice to eliminate the unnecessary and unreasonable fees associated with accepting electronic transactions as well as providing the products and services to help those merchants continue to be successful. Her innovative approach puts her at the top when it comes to the payments industry and we welcome by telephone Heather Peterson. Uh, Good afternoon, Heather. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm well. Uh, nice to meet you. Uh, why don't we start by uh, you telling us how you got into the electronic payments industry and then what led you to found your own business, specifically National Merchants Association. Sure. Thanks, Pete. So really, I started the association in 2004 after working as an independent sales agent for some of the top five credit card processors at the time, who are now my competitors, actually. <laughs> um, I- Good to know your enemy, right? Yeah, no, right. Keep your friends close, right? I took some of the things that I liked about each of them and some of the things that, you know, could use some improvement. And I started the company after realizing really how badly merchants really needed an advocate in the merchant processing space. You know, most business owners are working really hard in their business each day just to keep the doors open. And accepting credit cards is so necessary in order for their businesses to grow to recognize the huge need for merchant advocacy. There you have it. We started NMA in uh, as a merchant advocacy group in uh, 04. And not to mention the battles of keeping and growing a business in Southern California, which we can talk about a little bit. We want to be more specific to your business. Exactly what does National Merchants Association do? First and foremost, we are a merchant advocacy group. And, and in that lovely intro you, you made, we, we do work for merchants to eliminate the unreasonable and unnecessary costs associating with accepting, associated with accepting electronic payments. But additionally, we actually educate and consult merchants on all things payment, including all these new fintech products and financial technologies that are in the market today, such as Apple Pay and other NFC products, and really just how to appropriately process their transaction for, for, optimal, process, for optimal payment. So, so you, met, you mentioned these excessive and unreasonable fees. Give us, for the uninitiated or those starting their business or thinking about starting a business, what are some of these fees and how does uh, NMA work to help businesses eliminate them or reduce them? Sure. So it's really not always a matter of extraneous fees that might be added to a merchant processing statement. It might sometimes just be an uneducated agent that perhaps has set them up on a, on a program that's not ideal for their type of business. So really when we consult them through it, it, it we, we need to take a look at exactly what types of cards they're currently taking and how we can effectively replace those or put those into the appropriate category 
um, for optimal price range, which in, in turn reduces their cost and ours. So, of course, every business is different. For some, there might be some cards or forms of payment they shouldn't take at all, right? Uh, so it's looking at their whole, every form of payment they take, what they, and I guess every facet of that, right? Right, exactly. And there are fees like PCI compliance fees, um, PCI non-compliance fees. There's the new EMV fees. You know, a lot of those things can be can be handled appropriately. They, those fees are not always necessary. And, and, and a lot of processors are charging them right now. And it's just not necessary. And so we, we really help the merchant understand what they are, why they might be being charged for them, and how to avoid them. Your business model, your um, uh, folks become members of the of the National Merchants Association. Is that is that your business model? Yes, it is. We actually offer three different levels of membership, um, and you can view those on our website. Uh, I won't go through all the details on them, but there we essentially allow merchants to pick and choose which products and services they need to, you know, within our three different tiers of membership. Now, I don't believe I could be wrong. I don't believe one can get a degree in. Uh, in electronic payments, but you are a certified uh, payment professional. So, how did how does one become become certified as you are? How does one get the knowledge base to then do what you've done, start a business? Um, well, there is no degree uh, per <laughs> se, but there is absolutely the new certification program called the Certified Payments Professional or CPP that our industry's trade association called the Electronic Transaction Association started putting together in in the recent years. Um, today, there is actually over 1,100 CPPs in the U.S., and ETA offers a robust training program that also includes ETA U courses, which are online educational courses and webinars and just really current information and knowledge that affects our industry. And, and all of those programs actually, or those ETA U courses, actually have certificates of completion, which are awarded upon successful completion. But all of those things kind of tied into one, create the CPP certification. And that's something that um, people, you know, who have been in the industry for there, there are certain um, requirements for the test. Um, but once you've once you've met those requirements, you can take the test, and and, and we offer those tests twice a year. And I've actually been a, a, a big part of the PDC, which is the Professional Development Committee within the ETA, um, to help drive that test and recognition for the certification, and just really telling the industry that it's available and to work with agents who have who are certified. About 1,100 now in the U.S., so there's plenty of us out there. The uh, plenty, plenty of you, which means more competition for you, I assume. So you've got to differentiate in some way. Well, sure. Any any business has to differentiate in a way, but but the certification. I mean, really, when it comes to education and and advocacy and knowledge, I mean, we're really all on the same team. Right. And our goal is really to just educate merchants and you know make sure that they're not that they're that they're processing appropriately. The natural assumption would be as we move inexorably toward a, a cashless society, this is a boon for your business. And, 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 and is it also a boon for merchants or also, at least initially, uh, this is one more hurdle because they've got to do it correctly? Well, I mean, you do have to process correctly. There's a, there, there are a lot of things that merchants don't know and understand about merchant services. Um, first and foremost, accepting credit cards is a privilege, not a right. And, um, you know, some merchants immediately think, oh, it's my right to be able to take credit cards, and they don't understand that there's a process of being able to approve, similar to, to being given a line of credit. I mean, you're as a merchant, you're being given the opportunity to accept, first and foremost, the card brands, be the MasterCard, American Express, and Discover. You're accepting their clients first. They're, they're, they're theirs first. So, you know, our, our 
it is kind of a hurdle in, in, in really explaining and educating merchants on, on that aspect of it, you know, and explaining how they how they have to follow really the card brand rules um, to make sure that they're they're not you know mistreating their customers. It is a changing industry. Uh, EMV is one, of course, that comes immediately to mind. It's something that's been a revelation to myself or anyone who's made a done a credit card or gotten their new credit cards of late. Could you please explain explain it and then how it relates to uh, you and your clients? So EMV definitely not a trend. It is definitely the hot word in the industry right now, and that is a result of the October first liability shift. And um, you let know, me just stop you right there, Heather, and if you could explain sure. that for those who, are, yeah, sure. So the October first liability shift really is where merchants are now responsible for the transactions in the event that they take a credit card that is a fraudulent credit card um, via Magstrip if they are not EMV compliant. So a way around that is to, one, become EMV compliant and to make sure that you're processing those, those EMV transactions. Because even if you're an EMV, if you have the EMV compliant terminal and you swipe a card that is has an EMV chip, you're still going to be held responsible in the event that that's a, a, a fraudulent credit card. So that differs from in the past when when you had a fraudulent credit card, the, the card brands or the processors would, would essentially be responsible for those transactions. Right. And I should back, back up real quick. EMV, Euro MasterCard Visa, is that the correct, uh, is that the acronym? That is correct. Okay. I'm sorry. Please continue. So you, you have to, so it, it, it came into play because merchants, now they're, they're liable, and so they have to be EMV compliant. And has that, there's probably, we're not there yet. This is something that's ongoing, right? We are not there yet, and we didn't expect to be on October 1st. That was when the liability shift occurred and really the beginning of a long-term rollout plan for the entire United States. Um, it's not something, first of all, consumer adoption um, is necessary, and then, you know, we've got to get all these cards out into the millions of, of cardholders' hands that, you know, hasn't been able to, to, to be done yet. And, and it's really, like I said, a long-term process. We're expecting five to seven years for complete adoption. But, you know, in the meantime, that doesn't stop fraudsters from targeting small businesses that they're recognizing don't have the EMV um, capabilities because now for the first time, these small merchants and small towns that have never seen fraudsters before are starting to get hit because that's the target. They're the ones that aren't, they haven't adopted the EMV equipment just yet and, you know, that's that's a low-hanging fruit for a fraudster. How did this all, this was national legislation that created this? It, a mandate? It's not, it's, yeah, it's more of a mandate. It's not legislation. Right. Um, but if government has their way, it might be <laughs> But we can't talk about that. <laughs> other, other trends that you're seeing uh, in the payments business? I mean, definitely. There's a lot of fintech products coming out, mobile wallets, Starbucks apps, things like that. Um, we're really excited to start educating and offering some of these new products. Apple Pay, hot, hot uh, word right now in the industry, or NFC, which is near-field communication devices, contactless payments and things like that. And, yeah, there's so many things that are coming down the, down the pike right now, and we're just thrilled to be part of it. Sure, and, and so thrilled because, I mean... Again, common sense, anything that makes it easier for a trend, nothing happens until a sale is made. Easier for a transaction to be made in the long run is going to be good for businesses, would be good for National Merchants Association, they're your clients. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it, 
the products that are that are available right now, some of the new technologies like mobile payments and, or mobile wallets and things like that, the millennials are really helping to drive those. So it, it's it's really a, a, a it's, it's just really a fun new um, alternative payment methods that are coming out because so many people are, are having different ways of processing the payments, and it's not necessarily just the, the boring old swipe of a card or now the EMV dip and chip or, uh, you know, dipping up the card. Exactly. We're talking with Heather Peterson. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with Heather. She's the founder and CEO of National Merchants Association, and you're listening to Critical Mass for Business on OC Talk Radio. You're listening live. You can also listen later later on to our podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, and also you can watch us on Facebook or YouTube. Back in a moment with Heather Peterson of National Merchants Association. I'm Pete Weitzner in for Rick Francie. Marketing predictions are out for 2015, and marketing success is changing. Did you know that Google is now actively tracking your business and personal brand and online reputation? Online and offline marketing has changed. Google is driving more than 85% of your traffic. And if your brand is inconsistent or has poor mobile usability, your rankings and traffic can suffer in 2015. To learn how your business is currently viewed, and what can be done to improve your brand's visibility and authority? Contact SunUp Group for a free marketing analysis. It could be a business game changer. Visit www.sunupgroup.com today or call 877-609-3840, extension 700. Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. Welcome back to Critical Mass for Business on octalkradio.net. I'm Pete Weitzner in for Rick Franzi, and our guest is Heather Peterson, longtime CEO and founder of National Merchants Association. She represents and consults to upwards several thousand, is that correct? Several thousand merchants, uh, Heather? Yeah. Yeah. If not, I inflated I inflated your client base, and uh, uh, but she does represent several thousand uh, in payment processing. Can, is this? There's so many ways, I know I don't have to tell you, that a business can fail, even if they've built a better mousetrap. Would this be a top three that they don't handle their payments, electronic payments, properly? 
uh, I hate to say that it could be in the top three. It's it's important. I mean, there could be money, you know, um, ranging from twenty dollars a month to to two thousand dollars a month, depending on what kind of transactions you're processing. What's really what really is critical for the business, I think, and that's one of the, one of the other products that we you know sort of offer through our advocacy is understanding the products and the new technologies that are coming and not missing the boat on them. Um, a lot of businesses aren't taking Apple Pay right now, and it's just crazy to me. So many people are trying to, to, to pay with a new technology that they're excited to use. And, and I mentioned before the break there that the, you know, the millennials are really helping to drive this new opportunity within payments, and so many merchants just don't have it. So I would say that that's probably in the top three for missing the boat on, on some financial technologies. And I'm sure this is part of the pitch at NMA. It's not just the cost savings, so the below the line, the expenses that they save, it's also a way to grow your business. If you don't have Apple Pay among the millennials, that maybe says something about your business or just might cause them to shop elsewhere. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I'm glad that you just made that statement because one of our kind of mottos is that, you know, you, you not just save money on your merchant services, but you gain a partner in business development because we're, we're on the forefront of payments and on new financial technologies that are coming down. We need to be able to introduce those to you and offer those to your, you know, to your, so that you can offer them to your clients. I mentioned several thousand clients and the, the, the inference is, is usually a brick-and-mortar uh, merchant, whether it be a beat in a, in a mall, in a strip mall. But, I mean, you're also are, you're, uh, among your client base are solely Internet-based retailers, or are we mostly talking uh, the old-school type of merchant? No, we absolutely have uh, all across the gamut, from brick-and-mortar, small mom-and-pop shops to um, some of the large retailers in the U.S., which, you know, obviously we can't say out loud. <laughs> um, we have uh, we we have a lot of uh, e-commerce merchants as well, though. In fact, I would say our we probably mostly e-commerce, and and that's one of the other differentiators uh, with with NMA is that some of the e-commerce merchants started having a real problem a few years ago due to different regulations and and, and things that were coming from um, the Department of Justice, and we started getting a lot of calls for consulting them on how can we appropriately process credit cards, and we sort of discovered that. We had a niche in that, in that we, we could absolutely help those e-commerce merchants um, process appropriately, you know, maintain the integrity of their uh, fraud uh, mitigation systems and, and risk management and still be able to be successful. And we've, been, and we've talked about the traditional credit card companies, MasterCard, Visa, and whatnot. You, can all, you also help them if, with their use of PayPal, or is that something you're not part of that? So PayPal is actually a third-party payment processor. We're, we're not part of that. Um, some of our websites, uh, some of our merchants' websites absolutely want to, you know, accept PayPal. It, it, it is just like Apple Pay or, you know, other mobile wallets or other alternative payment methods. As third-party, right. It. And, and, right, and we need to be able to offer it, and we do. I want to talk a little bit about your business. So you started it how long ago? 2004. And from some of the literature that I've read, you've grown the business. Based in, it's, it's based in Temecula now, is that correct, headquartered? Yes, we are. So, how did how were you able to grow your business? What is and what are some of the hurdles you faced along the way? Well, um, I think one of the major ways that we grew our business is when we when we really honed in on the fact that we were absolutely consulting merchants and being referred, you know, being requested for consultancy. We were able to really help drive the e-commerce processing during over the last three to five years. We've also been heavily involved with our, our energy 
uh, trade show or trade association, the ETA, which I mentioned before. And, you know, a lot of our staff has just really been involved with that and really kind of getting our name out there with, within the industry. So, you know, to sort of being a, a recognized name in our community is, is really important, but, but also so we can really help people understand what, what PEMIS is. Well, and then that way, so if you were to offer advice, I know I mean, in, in some respects it can sound trite, but the idea of networking and networking with tradition, you mentioned your trade association, electronic payments, or networking with even, you know, other more traditional chambers of commerce, uh, things like that, um, there's, it's good business and there's a payoff. Exactly. I mean, grassroots marketing has really been, um, really been our, our claim to fame. I'm, you know, getting involved with, local SBA offices and chamber of commerces and, and even local colleges and things where you can go and really have a forum to, you know, really educate a, a mass amount of merchants at, at one time. Sure. Uh, achieves two goals. You're preaching the gospel, preaching something you believe in, but it's also representing you. It's representing your company. I don't know that any business person, a CEO especially, thinks this far out, but I'll ask you anyway. So five years from now, ten years from now, where do you see you and your company? We absolutely think that's awesome. <laughs> you have you have you have a long term plan. Oh, we do. Um, we actually uh, are heavily influenced by by Jim Collins and some of his business teachings. Uh, Gucci Great, one of his books, and um, our executive staff adopted that influence last year. So we we have plans. Um, one of our uh, our ten year goal is to be a household name. Payments is just such a strange concept to most people right now. You pay with your credit card, but you don't really understand what happens to the transaction after that. And our goal is really to be able to explain that so that everyone knows and understands payments. And, um, you know, in, in, in doing so, we we get our, our name out there a little bit more. As so we've... Know and understand payments and, and, and our brand. Sure. As we've been talking, I've been hearkening back to my dark days as an accountant uh, way back when. But my last clients, we had a lot... Uh, was out here, and we had a lot of music clients. And so, of course, they would get all these royalties from ASCAPs and BMI and whatnot, and we'd call it a business of pennies. And it occurs to me in some ways the payment processing might be that as well, all those fees, and they add up. Is that, is that a, de- a, right. a good metaphor? It is, absolutely. And I actually came from the wireless world, and um, it, it's a very similar model. It's, it's residual income. It, it takes a lot to get, to get a lot, but, you know, it's, it's, it's every transaction, there's a, a small piece of that that comes back in the form of profit, so... You are involved in the Give It Back program. Can you explain that to us uh, a little bit? Yeah, the Give It Back program I'm actually really proud of. It's a, it's a program that we created to allow merchants to donate profit in their merchant fees back to a charity of their choice. It's, it's really a win-win for everyone. Um, we don't accept every charity. Of course, they have to go through a, a vetting process. But you know, we work with several charities that, you know, kind of ideally, you've already got people that are donating to you. And instead of them having to write a cash check or, you know, write a check this year, they can they can just simply realign their merchant fees, the profit in their merchant fees to go back to the charity. And then we take care of all the, the, the red tape and paperwork for them. Good, good work and good that you do it. Uh, you may know that Rick Franzi, who started this show, who's the regular host of this show, loves to ask, always asks his guests for their guiding principle of their business. So what is the guiding principle of the National Merchants Association and Heather Peterson? Thank you. So my guiding principle is to just take care of your employees and they take care of you. I also extend that into our merchant base. I think it's the single most important thing that a business owner can do is to really take care of their people. You know, business is too big and it's it's only going to be as strong as your weakest link. So it's absolutely critical to have the right people, the right seat on the bus, 
and, you know, really put your people first. I mean, we, we try to learn through the tried and true experiences of other businesses, and, and, and putting people first is really the right way. I just, in the right place, treat them well, and the company will run itself. I distinctly remember a businessman once saying, I try to hire the best people, and I try to pay, try to pay them a little more than I have to. may not always be possible. But what you just described sounds to me a lot like that. If someone would like to get in touch with you, Heather, get in touch with uh, NMA, how do they do it? Um, lots of ways. <laughs> give, me a, give me a few, only because we're running out of time. Sure. Nationalmerchants.com. You can reach me on Twitter at HD Peterson, and that's P-E-T-E-R-S-E-N. Um, we also have a, a handle, ISO4NMA, and that's the number four. I, uh, I, think, I think we've got Facebook, too. Okay, <laughs> okay so go to Facebook and National Merchants Association, and, and you'll find Heather and her company and the services they offer. I want to thank you for joining us on uh, Critical Mass for Business. I do understand you're a little bit under the weather also today, so thank you for soldiering through. It's been very enlightening for me. I appreciate your time very much. Sure. Thanks a lot, Pete. Have a good evening. You, you bet. You've been listening to Critical Mass for Business and on octalkradio.net, perhaps watching us on Facebook or on YouTube. And if there's stuff you want to hear again, please feel free on iTunes or any of the popular uh, podcasting aggregators. Uh, you can do that as well. I'm Pete Weitzner. I head up broadcast journalism at Chapman University, longtime business journalist, and it's been my privilege to substitute for Rick Franzi on Critical Mass for Business. And also I want to thank Paul Roberts, who some years ago started OC Talk Radio, the narrow casting phenomenon, and has been my engineer uh, for the last hour. Thank you, Paul. Thank you all very much for listening. Have a great week. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.